close my eyes and I can see the day we met. Just one moment and I knew you're my best friend. Do anything for you. We've gone so far and done so much, and I feel like we've always been together. Right by my side. Oh, we've gone so far and done so much. You're the part of my life. Because of course this is the shit show. Lead Commissioner Office Production, known as Helmet to Helmet. And I am your host, Connor Jones. And the music is so appropriate for me this week because, uh... Wow. I have two weeks in a row now of losing by less than five points. And I don't know. Sometimes there's just a sign that tells you it's time to pack it in. And, uh... I think I had really been waiting for that sign, and these these two losses this last two weeks. I I think I think that's it. I think uh, I finally realized how much power this this podcast and wanting to care about this league have had over me, and it's it's time. I think this is going to be the last episode ever. Um, it really does make me sad. I mean, the music is perfect. I just... I didn't think it would... I just didn't think it would happen like this. I just really wanted to end on top. And, uh... I don't know. It's... It's Wednesday morning, you guys. And this may very well be the final podcast. No, who am I fucking kidding? I'm kind of retarded. No, so I I might be a little bit. I might be a little bit retarded. Uh, and that's okay. I lost by five points. Most people would play that music and they'd be serious and they'd say, "Oh my god, it's it, it's it." I, how am I supposed to make a podcast when I can't even win a fucking game by five points? By five points. I mean, like. Sure, sure, by five points. But like, also, it's five points. I have, I have to like dust it off. I mean, should I also be kind of sad about Carry On Johnson after trading away Josh Jacobs? You fucking bet you your ass that I should. But um, no, no, I'm not ending the damn podcast. Not over that. It would take losing this week by five points. Come on, you guys. It's all about. It's it's the same rules. As, uh, as Space Jam, it takes three to get hot. Well, it also takes three to know it's time to just, you know, leave the suicide note. Okay, that's not funny. Suicide's not a joke. If you, seriously, anyone out there, if you are, if you are depressed and you need somebody to talk to, you can always find me on Twitter. I'll also be depressed about my two losses. And that's, uh, at Rambler underscore Jones. You can also find the podcast at L, at helmet the number two helmet and uh we can talk seriously and joking we can talk if you need somebody to talk to because you're not alone and uh well to be perfectly honest though if you're listening to my podcast with a regular basis you probably are kind of suicidal because holy shit 
Anyway, I, uh, yeah, I had a horrible week. I, I spelled it out with the intro there, and I don't think I really need to dive into it more. Um, but I will say, uh, life goes on. And because life goes on, we're going to go on to our quick question, which is one that was inspired by something Jace wanted to bring up with the rest of our league and our group chat. But of course, you know, it's the league group chat, so nobody does anything. Um, Jace said he wanted me to talk a little bit about the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, And their wonderful tweet. Uh, something to, I'm, I'm actually trying to locate it right now. Did they, did, did they delete it? Cause I'm not finding it anymore. Oh, 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 okay. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm literally trying to find the tweet as I'm talking to the podcast here, but, uh, essentially that's, uh, it was to the effect of, like, Arizona Cardinal fans and fantasy, like, like, of course. Oh, I think I'm about to find it here. Of Kyler Murray, come on. Did they really try to bury this? Anyway, they trolled all the fantasy football players out there. Um... Gosh, I, yeah, I'm not seeing it at all. Oh, here we go. <laughs> wow, that was, that was a long amount of me saying, hang on, I'm trying to find a, a tweet for it to be such a shitty tweet. It's one of those ASCII memes. If you wonder, <laughs> if you wonder what an ASCII is, it's basically those weird emoticons made out of like parentheses and and lines and whatnot. Anyway, I'll, I'll make sure to retweet this into the helmet to helmet twitter if uh if you don't go follow and it's basically just saying you should have started chase edmonds in fantasy uh that i mean that's it that's the tweet and okay are they trolling us maybe but to me that's not hey we knew something and we didn't tell you to me that's duh you should have started chase edmonds like no nobody was gonna start chase edmonds I bet you the guy who wrote that tweet didn't even start Chase Edmonds. I bet you Cliff Kingsbury didn't even start Chase Edmonds. Although, then again, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be illegal for them as coaches to play fantasy, so that's moot. The point is, no, it's they're trolling us. They're, to be honest, that's a lot of validation for fantasy football coming from the official voice, so, you know, so it's called, on social media of... A professional football team to me that's progress if everybody wants to get butt hurt about not starting chase edmonds which i mean let's be perfectly honest i am absolutely going to roast jace later in this podcast mark it now i'm going to roast him for not starting chase edmonds but that's for a totally different reason absolutely totally 100 percent, 90 okay 50 percent different reason but it's like There's just no, oh my God, the number of people replying to the tweet with the same meme, but just, you know, getting mad at them. It's a Twitter account. 
I think, I think it's hilarious. I think it's validation. And I think people can, can get over it. So what? So what? They are joking about you not starting Chase Edmonds. So what? Maybe they knew David Johnson was going to have point two. The point is, so what? Seriously. Um, and that's all I really have to say about that. You know what I would like? Is uh, I would like it if more... If, if more accounts started making this kind of commentary. I wouldn't say I would like them to troll us every time something happens mid-game. That, that might be too much. Like, if it became a trend, then you start to go, okay, now they're really actually knowing something's about to happen. But, like, come on. It, it, it's, it's a tweet. Move on with your lives, all these people who are getting pissed off. Anyway, that is not what this podcast is going to be all about, nor is it going to be about me ending the podcast, though, god damn it, I swear to god, if I, if I have three in a row of by five you bet your ass i'm ending the podcast and i'm going to end it with literally just a one hour version of the spongebob squarepants super bowl halftime show music that's it that's that it'll just be one whole hour of that so i guess we'll just move on and in case uh in case you haven't been paying any attention what do you live under a rock well uh, in case you do, in fact, live under a rock, the uh, the big news out of the weekend, Carrion Johnson, well, as of this morning, he's going to the IR. For those of you in leagues that aren't mine, in other words, in leagues that have Carrion Johnson on a team that isn't mine, drop him. He's going to be back apparently close to week 16. Not valuable for anything you're going to do in fantasy. You're going to hold on to him for hopes of nothing so look at uh i think it's ty or ty johnson he's going to be the number one pickup there you can also look at jd mckissick but i'm really going to tell you right now that's going to be an rbbc you are not going to see one person take value without an injury and even if there's an injury they're going to hire someone else off the practice squad and it, i mean just for now just leave it be just pick one complain about it that, that's all you can really do unfortunately Adrian Peterson saying he's going to be playing this coming Thursday. David Johnson continues to nurse an ankle injury. Um, and apparently the Cardinals have signed the wonderful plotting running back Alfred Morris. But start your Chase Edmonds. He's absolutely the number one start. Um, there have been a couple of trades today. Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has been traded from the Denver Broncos to the 49ers. And the 49ers sent over a couple, I think a third and a fourth of 2020 picks and they swapped fifths uh or maybe received a compensatory fifth so a third and a fourth plus or a third and a fourth four sanders and a fifth um that's good that's good if if you are a jimmy garoppolo owner be happy if you're a 49er fan be happy garoppolo with garcon was a much better fantasy option than garoppolo without garcon and frankly sanders finally has a quarterback who can throw i mean like joe flacco is not bad but joe flacco has no protection and now at least garoppolo has protection uh Phelan had a hamstring injury left the game halfway or so I, I unfortunately i was or or fortunately i was house shopping most of the day that's news hey hi um 
But basically, yeah, he's still not practicing as of today. Uh, you also had Mohamed Sanu. I buried the lead on the trades here. Mohamed Sanu went to the Pats. That was for a couple of uh, early round 2020 picks from the Pats. Uh, so Philip Dorsett's irrelevant again. You got, let's see here. Well, Matt Ryan sprained his ankle. He's probably going to be out for a little while. He had a couple of defensive trades, Raiders and the Texans traded. Uh, that was uh, for a cornerback. And yeah, it looks like it's just a, another trade here, Seahawks and the Lions. That's all defensive. Uh, in fact, they're both cornerbacks. Um, excuse me, safety. The safety is being uh, digs. So Seahawks get a little bit better in their in their safety and downfield protection there. Um, AJ Green is still not fully practicing. Uh, Philip Rivers is about to be even more relevant because his uh, starting guard has broken his ankle and was out for the season. So if your name is Connor Jones and you own Philip Rivers as your backup quarterback, I would get rid of him now. Uh, Cam Newton still isn't fully practicing. Kyle Allen's going to continue to play, which is good news for my 49ers, kind of. I mean, they're more dangerous with Cam, but Kyle Allen's more consistent, whatever. Uh, Will Fuller left the game early, and it was a hamstring pull. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need to drop Fuller, but you don't need to hold on to him. This is a this is something that he has always done uh, season over season with these lingering leg injuries. Soft tissue is always harder to come back from because you never you can't X-ray soft tissue and say yes, look at that heel. Um, let's see here. Kareem Hunt is now two weeks out from being startable, which means that he's allowed to practice. That's not really news. What else? Delaney Walker had an ankle thing midway through his game. You got, uh, oh, Evan Ingram apparently grabbed, got poked in the eye, as I understood it, um, during his game. Came back in, not really a big deal. But other than that, I, I mean, I might be missing a, a big one or two. Oh, Ido Smith back up to Devontae Freeman, who was ejected in the game. He was carted off the field during their game. Gosh. Um, yeah, it, that's all I've really got. But uh, keep an eye out. There's bound to be a lot more trades flying around now that teams are really feeling out who, who they really are. I guarantee you you're going to see the uh, Atlanta Falcons doing a little bit more and that's I, I that comes from just observing that Dan Quinn's going to try and hold on to his job as best he can. And to do that, he's got to convince them that he's not necessarily a full rebuild, but making changes that can help them in the short term, as in within the next season. If he's able to convince management of that, you know, ownership, then he's uh, he's probably going to stick around. So I would I would watch. He's probably going to try and bring in some defensive pieces. Um, but your Calvin Ridley shares go up now that Mohamed Sanu is out of town, even though Sanu basically was doing jack shit for the last few weeks. But that's all I've got for uh, for injury updates. Now we can move on to 
a segment that is near and dear to my heart because of what it did to my team. You suck! So, uh, David Montgomery got you 0.9 points. That was literally the funniest thing I got to witness all day. Uh, I was playing against David Montgomery. Um, wasn't enough to help me get me the win. Um, I, uh, I did mention on Johnson with his injury. He ended up getting you very few points as a result, of course. You had Zach Ertz get you a 4.8. Uh, Chris, is that Chris Carson? It's gotta be Chris Carson. Or am I an idiot? Please hold. Devontae Freeman, obviously, I'm going to include him here. He got ejected because, you know, that helps your team. That's uh, 3.5 points he got for you. Matt Burita got you 4.1. Uh, he saw the lesser of the work between him and Tevin Coleman. Now, he did have, like, a minor thing that he pull, was pulled out of the game for. Um, I didn't include it, include it in my news segment, mostly because that's literally the way he lives his life. Like, I think he goes to the grocery store and then pulls up limping. So that's just what Burita does. And that's coming from a 49er fan. So feel a little bit of comfort in that. Philip Lindsay got you 3.7. Uh, Carlos Hyde only got you 3.5. Alshon Jeffrey, 4.8. Galladay kind of disappeared. That's 2.6 points. Uh, Damian Williams, 1.6. Devin Singletary, 2.6. I heard the funniest pun on another podcast. Somebody submitted about Devin Singletary. It was Devin Single Carry, and that was, was fucking hilarious. Apparently, it's not accurate, but it's it's hilarious to me. Then you got uh, Terry McLaurin, 1.6. Uh, let's see here. Mark Ingram, 5.8. Larry Fitzgerald, 1.7. Sanu, 0.8. So, major upgrade for him. Robbie Anderson, 1.5. So, well, I say major upgrade for Sanu, but, you know, underutilized on the Falcons. He's going to be at least utilized on the pats we'll see but um still trying to figure out did i mean chris carson or carson wentz i meant carson wentz he only got you 6.8 points which is not enough let's let's be straight here that's not enough uh but that about wraps up players of impact that you would have really played i'm not going to count you know the Ito Smiths of the world, getting you not enough points, but I'd like to uh, like to recap some of the games that we had going here, our our matchups of the week, if you will. No way, I am not giving up. You have to. No, I don't. All right, so uh, well, I probably just should have given up. Uh, essentially, my matchup this week it was my myself versus Michael. Michael, of course. Got a 43-point game from Aaron Rodgers, and that essentially is all you need to know about our matchup. My my team, except for Carryon Johnson's injury, were <coughs> startable. Very startable. Uh, nobody blew up for me because, of course, it was bye week for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I even got a stellar start out of Lamar Jackson, but it just wasn't enough. I We were going into the uh, Monday night games, actually, where he had Le'Veon Bell and I had the New England defense, and it was tantalizingly close. There were points where I was one point down, and then it seemed like, I, I, I joked at one point, all I needed was a 
fumble from Lev Bell recovered and then any amount of time uh, or any any defensive touchdown. So a Lev Bell fumble as a four-point swing and then a touchdown and the game was in the bag for me. And as possible as that is for New England defense and as great as a 23-point game for the New England defense is, just wasn't enough for me. And there's no... The sad part is with my bye weeks and the players that I have, there was no logical start that would have that would have helped me. Um, I was disappointed by Hawkinson at tight end, you know, not a great number. Um, and of course, the San Francisco game being a, a rosy nine to zero in total meant that Tevin Coleman was capped. If he one touchdown would have meant the entire difference in my day. And that's just how it goes. Just how it goes. Like I said, one more week of that shit, and this game is done. This this game of podcasts. Uh, this game, however, between Austin and Yaron, should have been a lot closer. Probably could have been a lot closer. So uh, Matt Ryan ended up with only 2.6 points before going out of the, the game. So Yaron, uh, as the Matt Ryan owner, had to have everything made up by... Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones with both, you know, predictable games that they're, I think, pretty close to their projections. Tyreek Hill, close to projection. Amari Cooper, projection. Jimmy Graham, well above projection because he hasn't done shit lately, but that's a 14-point Jimmy Graham day. And Marlon Mack gave him seven from the flex position. Overall, that was a a solid showing from the entire lineup except quarterback. Probably would have drowned Austin were it not for the quarterback position. And Austin, tight end, and his uh, running back two, maybe, are where he faltered. Sony Michelle gave him 21 on the on the bench, almost 22. Austin Eckler, 22. I mean, just those two players alone, plugged in for Todd Gurley and Chris Carson, would have won him the game, unfortunately. But that's not obvious. I think that's my, my caveat. You'll hear me say that a lot, is if it wasn't an obvious swap, if it's not somebody you were really waffling between, then don't fucking sweat it. What are you supposed to do? Moving on, the next game is uh, <coughs> between Daniel and uh, Christian. Bear in mind, Christian, who beat me by like three and a half points last week, which was pleasant. Uh, and even with Patrick Mahomes' injury for Daniel's team, he's still thwomped Christian by about 19 points, 18 points. Am I doing my math? Yeah, that's math. I can math. I mathed. So uh, that was really fueled by, again, poor games from an ejected Devontae Freeman, Joe Mixon, who's just Joe Mixon at this point, Carson Wentz, uh, and I, that's that's really it. That was the difference maker because Daniel had Matt Burita with only the four, Calvin Ridley had only five, Denard Robinson uh, with Kansas City only had 4.6, but he got enough from Dalvin Cook and uh, Darren Waller plus a nice 19-point defensive game, and just put him over the top. That was enough. All you need is enough. Now, uh, this game here between Paris and John could have been a heck of a lot closer. A few things went wrong for uh, for poor Paris. He ended up losing 90.4 to John's 120.8. John had a heck of a play from Latavius Murray. He had a great game from John Brown, Allen Robinson, 
Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry did probably close to projection, if not a little over, and his, his defense failed him utterly with a negative three in Green Bay. But uh, overall, everything else was just about average, if not a little above. Yeah, obviously, Latavius Murray, 30 points is not normal. But man, Paris's team just kind of shied away. Um, Barkley did okay in his return. Julian Edelman did fine. Gerald Everett even got him a touchdown. Uh, but just overall, nothing. Uh, Mark Ingram and Tom Brady's mediocre days kind of sank him. He ended up uh, losing that one. And of course, my uh, my I have regrets section here. Uh, I might have over-teased it talking about Chase Edmonds earlier. But that's the game between Jace and Nathan. Now, Nathan was playing David Johnson. David Johnson got 0.2 points. Jace chose not to play Chase Edmonds. And I'm not I'm not going to sit here and roast him because I would have played Chase Edmonds based on my roster, but listen to his other options. It was Damian Williams who sure might have had more touches than uh than LaShawn McCoy in the previous week, but it only added up to eight points, and Kansas City has been looking like the wheels are falling off for a little while now. And Devin Singletary, who had been injured literally every week until his bye week in week six. So Jace will defend this till the day he dies, and I know that because that's who he is. But uh Let's be let's be real right now. Chase Edmonds last week with we'll say a mostly I'll say a mostly healthy uh David Johnson. Excuse me, last two weeks before this week with David Johnson, whether it was spelling him or just, you know, coming in for short breathers, was still being fantasy relevant. Would I, I'm not saying this on the heels of a 35 point game. I'm saying even if he got 15 points, that would have been the difference. Because let me tell you, Jace lost 63.4 to 77.8. I mean, Nathan had nothing. Will Fuller was his flex, got 1.1 point before uh, Will Fuller went out with his injury. You know, had a 14 point game from Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? This was an opportunity for Jace to steal a win from a good team. And I won't say he overthought it. Like, of course not. Chase Edmonds is not necessarily the most obvious choice. But contextually, David Johnson, I believe, wasn't practicing Thursday or Friday. Uh, or maybe it was Wednesday, Thursday. Like, maybe at that point put the guy in especially I'm a big fan of, of playing players when they're against another player that they could sort of steal touches from so uh this is a hell of a throwback but season one of the shit show I was over at Christian's apartment down in Savannah Georgia and we were watching a game I was Christian and I head-to-head -head. Uh, in fact I don't even know if we were head-to-head -head. I take that back but I want to say that at the time I had Oh my God, was this Arian Foster days? Because I think he had Deshaun Watson. And we were watching the Texans game, and we were literally screaming opposite names in the red zone. I wanted 
I wanted Foster, he wanted Watson. And so we just go back and forth and it was who was going to get the points. Um, that's fun as fuck, even if you're not playing head to head, because then anytime that that person that your person gets thrown to, it's not only points for you, but it's also points that that person will not be able to get at all. That potential just like goes down. That's, I'm sure most of you understand this, but that's what your projection is based off of. So when a touchdown goes to a different player, your projection naturally drops uh, because that's a scoring opportunity wasted or not wasted so much as not given to your player. But again, that's a, I have regrets with an, asterisk in that it's not that he had a big game it's that he had been consistent up until that point far much more so than a player coming off an injury all i'm saying i at least expect jace to have that courtesy made that you see what i'm trying to say and not just get pissed because i'm calling you out i'll keep you guys updated but uh now for this year's favorite segment, as voted by one former Australian. Oh no, that's not accurate. He lost this week. As voted the favorite by Austin, we now have Killers Corner Killers. So, uh, who the fuck needs Devontae Adams? Seriously. I mean, granted, uh, I was going to say, don't at me, bros, except let's be perfectly honest, nobody follows my podcast uh, on Twitter or myself, so nobody's going to at me about it, but I get that fantasy players want Devontae Adams back, but you know who doesn't need Devontae Adams back? The fucking Green Bay Packers. They're about to go play a game in Arrowhead, sure, against a secondary that is more porous than Swiss cheese right now. You're talking about... Green Bay is going to go put points up on Kansas City. And now that they don't have Mahomes, there's nothing that they can do about it. Matt Moore is going to be serviceable here and there to fill in. But he is an absolute downgrade for Mahomes. And anybody who wants to say otherwise, with the exception of maybe for literal production of fantasy points to some players, you're fooling yourself. So, without Devontae Adams, and with only a questionably healthy Geronimo Allison, with an egregiously bad pass-blocking Jimmy Graham, with uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, with uh, Lazard, I think it's Aaron Lazard, Andrew Lazard, something Lazard, with just pieces not a true one they're gonna be fine they're gonna roast absolutely roast kansas city i'm not expecting a blowout but i am saying that this is like barring shit play from aaron Rodgers. this should be very easy to put up wide receiver points and personally i'm gonna say that i think that it's going to be so much weighted on wide receivers this coming game that you're going to see Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams reined in heavily. Um, the the, the O-line in Kansas City is not bad. So what 
or excuse me, not O-line, the, de the f defensive line is not bad. They're going to still be able to put pressure and they're going to be able to bottle up a lot of these, you know, runs. They'll get gadgety to an extent. You're going to see Aaron Jones, you know, out there catching passes, same with Jamal Williams, but downfield is where I expect to see a lot of this game played. And with Tyreek Hill in, in the mix, I think Matt Moore is going to have the kahunas to also try to match it. This could end up being a blowout. Green Bay's defense has not looked quite so stellar as of late, but Kansas City, I think, has the offensive pieces to, to at least stretch the field. Whether or not the passes are accurate down the field is up to Matt Moore. I haven't watched enough film on how he did in Mahomes' place, but Mahomes could also be, I doubt he plays this week, but he could also be back so quickly that we're not going to get much of a chance to understand who Matt Moore is in the coming weeks. But anyway, I'll keep that one brief because I don't think there's explanation needed. Play your wide receivers in Green Bay, assuming they're healthy, and expect big things. Expect big things. Um, so we got, uh, we got, of course, naturally, the phoning it in segment coming up next, which... I somehow still haven't put up here since last week, which is real great, real great. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, no, I, I, holy shit. I did this last week too. It's not here. It's not here. Well, that's, you know what? They're a bunch of fucking amateurs. Uh, yeah, so, um. Well, it doesn't matter anyway. I was going to phone in this segment because I was looking at houses this weekend, y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, not houses, houses. Don't think I have money and, you know, come calling for money. Um, townhomes. You know, a condo that you can enter on the ground floor and then go have sex on the second floor. Townhomes. Um, wow, I really hope none of my coworkers hear this podcast. God. Uh, anyway... So there is nobody to, to interview. I will have a nice return to form with an interview this coming weekend. I have a lot less going on. So <laughs> that's a lie. But I'll make it happen anyway. And uh, I guess that just sort of lets us move on to the commissioner's list. Well, I think it's hard because you want to make sure you have all the information. Well, and uh, you know what else is really hard? And you want to make sure you have all the information on is... Making a fucking trade, which apparently is the most difficult thing to do in my league. I don't know if it's the worst thing to do in yours or the hardest thing to do in yours. You can at me or the show and tell me what sort of trade issues you're having with other people. I would love, I would absolutely love to help because this is something that's near and dear to my heart. And I feel like I get it, uh, despite what Austin and Jace might think about their method and how they might quote-unquote get it because they don't i'm just gonna say it right now they don't fucking get it so um here's the thing when it comes to trades you cannot walk into a chat or a room or a coffee shop or your buddy's room your roommate's bedroom you can't just like walk in there you know one hand gripping your crotch under your underwear right and just kind of sniff. Deshaun Watson for uh, Aaron Lazard. 
and then expect them to want to go back and forth with you. That's not how that's going to work. You're not going to give them a dumbass trade with, I, I don't know, I, what, are you crossing your fingers with that opener and hoping hoping that they go, yeah, you know what, I'll do that. Like, it's a waste of everyone's time to open with something like that. Don't do it. In fact, I'm going to go one further. Your first message about a trade should never include a player. Ever. What you should say, and what I've said, and the reason why I have, I think, so far this year, the most trades completed of any other t person in our league. In fact, I might be the only person who's been involved in each of the trades that's happened in our league this year. I open with, hey, I was thinking about a trade. I have an excess of this right now, and I will never get to play you know, this extra, I, I will never get to play my fourth quality running back. And you have an excess of this and you'll never get to play this player or this quality. You know, what, what you're doing is you're saying, I have bountiful excess at a position. You have excess at a position. Why don't we help balance each other out? Now, of course, every trade is going to not be perfectly balanced. You're using... Uh, a bit of a framework to make a trade happen. What you're saying is, is I have something that you could benefit from and vice versa. I will take a, a real example. I talked about it two weeks ago now when I traded for Lamar Jackson and Emmanuel Sanders with John. All right, my trade with John, I gave him Josh Jacobs and Marvin Jones Jr. And I took up Emmanuel Sanders and Lamar Jackson. Why? I mean, let's be real. The bones, the real meat of this trade is Lamar Jackson for Josh Jacobs. But there is a huge value difference there in that Lamar Jackson will get a higher point total as a quarterback, but quarterbacks are easy to find in most leagues. In my league, it's not because your own has them all. Fuck you, your own. You don't get to hold them all. You need to let go of some. You don't get to have three quarterbacks. Drop Matt Ryan. He's injured now. You can absolutely drop Matt Ryan. Drop Drew Brees. What you need to do is realize that these injured players can't get you bench points. And when you don't have bench points, you don't have tiebreakers. And when you get in a tie and you don't have bench points to be your tiebreaker, you lose. I know this hasn't happened, but your own, please, I'm begging you, drop a quarterback. Please. Oh my God, for the luck, this is two years in a row now. You have like an excess of something. Last year it was you had Jarek McKinnon for four weeks, which was actually hilarious. But like, anyway, I'm getting off topic. Quarterbacks are a bit of a premium in my league. I have had Philip Rivers. I started with Ben Roethlisberger. None of these have been serviceable. I was averaging almost double the points from my New England defense, which I get it, they've been kicking ass, but you should not be getting double the points from a 20-point defense that your quarterback's putting up. So, I thought to myself, Connor, you have Carrion Johnson, Tevin Coleman, Christian McCaffrey, and Josh Jacobs. Even if I wanted to go running back heavy, put a running back in my flex, I can only play three of them. So I reached out to John and I said, John, I have a lot of running backs. 
I can't play them all. They're just going to be this excess value that I'm holding on to just in case of an injury, which, you know, in retrospect, now with Carrion Johnson coming down, I really wish I held on to Josh Jacobs. But you know what? Fuck me. Who cares? Right? Right. Yeah. John had Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. Now, for those of you keeping track at home, right now on the year, I want to say they are ranked number two and number three in terms of quarterback performance. Don't quote me on that. I may have that slightly wrong, but they're both top five quarterbacks right now in fantasy. And I'm thinking, when are you ever going to, I mean, like, sure, you can, you can like stream from your bench and try to have the absolute greatest matchup any given week, but come on, Deshaun Watson in his worst week is going to be like 20 points, 15 points. Lamar Jackson in his bad week is going to be like 12 points. 13 points, 14 points. So what I proposed was, hey, get rid of one of those. For the one week you're going to need to cover for Deshaun Watson, you'll be fine. You can stream for a week. And then I got a huge upgrade at quarterback. In fact, literally the last two weeks, it's been so much better. I've lost, but I've had a quarterback I don't have to stress out about or know that my matchup is going to lose because of... Uh, my matchup is going to be lost because of anyway. And then John picks up Josh Jacobs, who for the first week was on buy. So that was already a little bit of a, on my side, a plus I'm losing a player who's on buy. I'm not losing something I'm going to need to win immediately. And I gave up Marvin Jones Jr. Because at the time there was a huge trend of Kenny Galladay being number one target for Stafford. And that sort of has flipped in the last few weeks. Admittedly, Emmanuel Sanders was coming back. Uh, he had been consistent. Of course, that's really paid off now. He's been traded. So there's, you can't look at it except for in the moment the trade happened. And in the moment, I got a QB1 for uh, a low RB1, high RB2, and then a swap at wide receiver that could be considered just a, a push. You know, they're equal. Or you could say, hey, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is the one on whatever team he's on, right? At the time, Denver, he was still the one, even though Cortland Sutton was absolutely outperforming him. There's no question in terms of fantasy points. But to me, that was acceptable because if Sanders starts to heat up like he does, then that's what I needed. I needed something to pair with Cooper Cup that wasn't going to make a huge sucking sound the entire time he was playing. So that was worth it to me. That was a good trade. John agreed, you know. I tried to throw in a trade where we bantered back and forth. Oh, you know, can it be Coleman? Okay, if it's not Coleman, and it, but it is Josh Jacobs, could it be Allen Robinson on your end? Okay, well, does it have to be Marvin Jones? It became, we knew what each other wanted because I had a lot of running backs and he had two really good quarterbacks. We knew that that was the general gist of the trade. It was going to be one of my running backs for one of his quarterbacks, because we each had that. It then after that became about two days of different proposals, some more ridiculous than others. I think at one point I said that I could give him Carrion Johnson and Marvin Jones for Allen Robinson and Deshaun Watson. And he was like, stop it. Like that was literally the response text was just stop it. And you can still have, so you can still have these banter, you can have the back and forth, you can call each other shitheads, but the 
the actual art of trading is happening because you still have something they want and you know that and you're wanting to help them not hurt them you're not going to pull off a trade where you go ha i got jace to give me everything and i only gave up tevin coleman like you're not going to you're not a genius okay you're not you're not funny either by starting off with a really crappy trade it is genuinely more off-putting to get started off with a bad offer to quote-unquote start the conversation than to just say hey i was thinking about a trade i was really i mean even if you do have to bring up a player in the first message i don't like to but if you do you say i was really looking at the value of MVS, Geronimo Allison, whomever. He's going to be coming off injury. I could really use a, a wide receiver with high upside right now. I know that you are hurting at running back. Joe Mixon's not been consistent. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually basing this off of what I think is Christian's roster. But, you know, I happen to have whomever on my bench and... I think that he's the, he is the running back one on a team that's not so good and that doesn't tend to run the ball a lot but when he gets his when he gets attention from the offensive coordinator he's going to get the 1 yard line carries he's he is a touchdown threat you know you you have to make the pitch that shows hey here is somebody that you don't need to win or even if it is someone that you need to win, you can make a blockbuster trade. John would argue that maybe he needed Lamar Jackson to win. You know, I can argue very, very strongly right now. I could very easily argue that if I had Josh Jacobs this week, I would have won. But I also knew that I had other pieces at play. So it just comes down to being a little bit more open-eyed about the process of initiating the trade talks. Because if you're just sitting around throwing crap trades at the wall, you know, uh, I'm, I'm actually, sorry, Austin, but I have to shame you. I'm going to pull up our chat real quick and talk about, uh, he tried to pitch a trade to Christian this last week, but, uh, yeah, here we go. So, um, yeah, so this was this was a trade that Austin pitched to to Christian. This was after last week's matchups, and it was Carlos Hyde and uh, T.Y. Hilton for Joe Mixon and DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I know I've been roasting Joe Mixon for uh, how shitty he's been playing, but he is the clear-cut, absolute number one running back on his team as DeAndre Hopkins is also the clear-cut number one most talented, was the top of the league like a year and a half running wide receiver for his team. Carlos Hyde and T.Y. Hilton are each, sure, the number ones on their teams, but for much worse teams and much worse situations. You could even argue Carlos Hyde isn't really the true number one in the way that he's used. Um... It's just, it was just a, a general downgrade if Christian were to take the trade. Even if he might score more points now, throughout the rest of the year, he 
would absolutely see the repercussions of that. I mean, even this week, he would have seen the repercussions of Hopkins not, not really performing, uh, or excuse me, not getting those points on his team because if he had made that trade, uh, Hopkins went off, you know, as he is prone to do. He is DeAndre Hopkins. Anyway, I digress. You can't just start with that. I don't know if that was the start of the conversation. If you got three or four messages in, Austin, I'm not trying to to set up a really crappy situation that you may not have engineered, but open with something that's a little bit more agreeable. Now, on the flip side, I will come to Austin's defense. When you get an offer, even if it's an asshole, crappy, like bad offer, don't ignore it. Don't leave it on red. Don't don't fucking like just delete it or or respond no or no thanks. At the very least, look, see what the person is trying to do. You know, obviously the uh the Austin trade of Hyde and TY for Mixon and Hopkins that is, Austin is trying to upgrade. That's it. I mean, that's literally it. He wants to upgrade. Now, that trade looks like he is stupidly trying to upgrade at both positions at the same time. Maybe if it was Hyde and T.Y. Uh, T. Hilton just for Hopkins, that's a different story. Maybe Austin needs to learn from that. Maybe Christian needs to say, yeah, right, I wouldn't give you both. You could have one for those two. Then, you know, you start, what you've done is called counter-offering. Even if it's a crappy trade, you can always counter-offer with something that would be more agreeable to you and let the other person go, yeah, you know what, you're right. Because you didn't like what I offered the first time around, I'm not willing to give up more. I'm greedy and I'm a whiny little bitch. Put it back on them. Give them no reason to blame you for ignoring it. Just respond. I mean, don't be an asshole back. If he flipped it and said, how about I give you, I don't know who's on Christian's bench, Geronimo Allison for T.Y. Hilton and Hyde. Or, you know, like, don't get just as bad in the opposite direction. Just actually fucking look and try because it's so much nicer this mix-up of of trading that goes on and the conversations like John and I I I was laughing at my dad at my desk at work because of the shit that John was saying about how it, uh, absurd some of the trade proposals were that we were tossing back and forth now we were laughing about how absurd they were because we had already decided on what we more or less wanted and then we were just kind of getting funny with it to see if anybody had a soft spot, you know, like, oh, would you consider Alan Robinson in this ridiculous way? And then when the answer is no, just let it be no. Don't, don't blow it up into this, like, well, this fucker doesn't want to trade. Like, no, somebody went unreasonable, whether it was they didn't want to stop and listen or whether it was they didn't give something worth listening to in the first place. But you cannot start any trade conversation on the extremes of, no, absolutely not. I don't want to trade anything ever. And the other extreme of, I'm going to try and get everything I can from this person and fleece them with the very first offer. 
because nobody's going to like wanting to work with either side of that. You should always be willing to trade because to be perfectly honest, nobody's team is so good that trading couldn't somehow make it better. That's end of rant. Holy shit, I just ate up so much time talking about that. And for the three and a half of you who are still listening, I appreciate you for listening to that. It's probably just honestly Austin and Jace listening and getting angry because I'm wrong and their trades are good. Nobody just wants to listen to them. So whatever. Um, We have a couple of... uh, well, we have a couple of trade personals to finish out the show here, and uh, what we decided that this was the proper music for it, right? There it is. Oh, it's quiet. There we go. All right. So this person. Well, this person is uh, definitely having a lot of um, bench regret. And they don't like having bench regret. They, uh... Well... They have a a really good player on a team that has a really bad player in front of this player. In fact, the player... In front of this player, um... Well, he's probably going to take a long walk on a secluded beach to a totally different team if... If the team and he are smart. So this is very well... Could be a running back one for a a Southern California team and, and he's saying yo all I'm looking for is a wide receiver too and uh, and I think that's fair I think that's fair especially considering that this person's willing to part with a player that shares their first name um, that it's it's pretty fair to me that Austin Eckler for a wide receiver too is a is a I think that's worth happening, you know? And I, I think there's somebody out there for you. I think there's somebody out there for you. And I hope that somebody who has a good amount of strength at the at the wide receiver position could really help fill the hole in your heart. And perhaps also remove a little bit of weekly bench regret from you as well. Um yeah, that's a good one. Anybody who really does want a little bit of running back help and a potential, like, lottery ticket if Melvin Gordon gets traded, talk to Austin in the shit show. Only if you're in the shit show, of course. We don't do interleague trading here because that would be weird. Then you're going to have two versions of Austin Eckler in one league and they're going to run into each other and then the whole fucking space-time continuum is going to collapse and Jesus. Oh... Yeah, I have no idea um, where that came from. Uh, this next person, they uh, well, they have a pair of pieces on the block that they would like to talk about, and one of them is a another excellent backup running back to a currently injured running back one, one who uh, may or may not have just been shamed by me during this podcast about how bad his decision-making was in putting one player above another on his team and uh he's looking apparently deeply into the eyes of the person he played this week and saying hey you have this injured running back 
Would you like his backup? And all he wants is a serviceable running back who does not have to have someone in front of him injured to play well. He also says that he is open to moving Michael Thomas, a PPR monster for the uh, blah blah New Orleans Saints. Wow. And that he's really, he's really looking to upgrade generally and only at the running back position as he, uh, well, needs to save himself from himself. So, that of course is, he lives in, in the league of shit show for anybody who wants to call this young suitor up and his Chase Edmonds and Michael Thomas. And uh, let's make something happen. Maybe, maybe y'all can start using the, tr the trading tips that I just presented in my commissioner's list segment. I'm going to stop this accordion as much as I appreciate having that made for me. It's fucking obnoxious after a while. Well, I guess uh, as appropriate as it felt to play... The, uh, the intro song when I did play it, uh, how I was feeling this morning, or this evening, this morning. It's Wednesday morning for all you listening. It's Tuesday night for me. I think it's just as appropriate to play it at the end because, well, now we do have to say goodbye. Please, for the love of all things that are holy, be kind to one another. Try to trade in ways that aren't stupid and please don't try to fleece someone for for DeAndre Hopkins and Joe Mixon. And Go out there and make fruitful trades. Just one more Fill the world with the children of your trades. You're my best friend. Do anything Good day? Shit. So Till next week. So much. And I feel like we've always been together Right by my side Through thick and